0: Thank you. That's the one. Excellent. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Nat. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, so the next few Sundays are our, our gift days. We do it twice a year. And, uh, and really, as much as anything else, they uh, are a way that we continue to praise God. And uh, we we'll worship Him through our finances, and uh, you know we worship raising our hands. We we worship as we sing. We worship as we lay our lives down for God. Uh, but also, and I know many of you also give uh, tithes or offerings uh, on a regular basis as part of your worship too. But but these gift days are really, a, I guess, they're a chance to go above and beyond, really, and to worship with an extravagance. And we want to be extravagant worshippers in all kinds of ways. And, not, and we also want to include our, our finances in that too. So twice a year we have gift days that stretch over two Sundays. And next week is, a, is a, the second in the year of our gift days. And uh, uh, just to give you a quick heads up as to what they are. I think there's a little, little thing there, Hannes, isn't there? A little thing. There we go. just talk among yourselves, uh, finish, no more talking, had um, your chance, um, but just to give you an update as to what these three causes are that we want to be giving this coming uh, gift day. So the first one is, it doesn't work, the first one, just keep talking, um, the first one is is really about the youth, uh, youth camp in Christchurch. We just praise God for the teens that God is giving us. You know, as a church a while ago, we didn't have have any teens and we prayed about it we've been praying about it as a church and now uh, amazingly we do God is gathering teenagers to us I believe as a direct answer to that prayer we used to have vibrant teens work and our teens have grown and having b- children and the b- babies and so on but we need a- another teens work and so um, praise God Lee and uh, McKenna and Tim are kind of helping lead that work and that's really thrilling and uh, it's just being established and part of that we want to send our teenagers down to Christchurch a youth camp down there where we've done these in the past before our, our our teenagers have gone, our youth have gone to uh, camps and been deeply uh, affected, transformed, felt the call of God upon their lives. And so this camp is going to be a biggie. So we want to make sure as many teens as possible who wanted to go down could go down. And so as a church, we're wanting to subsidise it very, very heavily. We know flights can be expensive. Well, we wanted to cover those and get the kids down there. So that's one cause. Um, the second cause is uh, the ministry hub, or really ministry hub expansion. We praise God for the offices. That God has given us. Boy, they've been an amazing asset to us. Off the back of it, we've been able to launch m- m- ministries of all varieties, all kinds. Uh, lives have been affected in those offices. We praise God for them. And also the sense of momentum that God is giving us uh, through this kind of asset. And uh, we've signed up for another two-year uh, hire, as it were, of these offices. And they've been such a, a blessing. Uh, We stepped out in faith, we couldn't really afford them at the time, uh, but praise God for the way he's provided for us for these offices. But it's part of a bigger strategy, really, to see expansion, not just in buildings, but in staffing. And this coming year, we're going to stretch again as a church because we believe God is pushing us forward. There's a momentum. Uh, we believe it's under the grace of God. We want to respond to that. And so we know that actually uh, really finishing off, as it were, paying the gap between uh, the offices and what we can afford, we want to do that through this offering uh, and with the expectation of increase in the new year. So that's the second cause. And then the third cause is House of Grace and uh, Minnie's somewhere. We've uh, given to House of Grace before and uh, we're thrilled to be able to give to House of Grace again and Minnie's going to just explain a bit more of what they're up to and what we're giving towards. Thank you Minnie. Can you reach that all right? We're all good.
1: Okay good morning everybody. Now, most of you will know about the House of Grace because, like Pete said, we have um, given to them in the past. And first of all, just to say they're so grateful um, that we support them as a church. And um, the House of Grace is a home for young mothers and pregnant teenagers. And it supports um, those mums through their pregnancy and for the first three months of that baby's life. So, this is, um, it provides a home for young ladies that don't really have anywhere else to go during that time of their life, that very vulnerable time, um, where they've, um, they can either choose to keep their baby, some of them choose to adopt the baby out, but um, it provides a safe place for those people to go to be loved and to learn how to be a parent and how to run a household, so they do budgeting and learn how to cook and all those um, things and skills that they're going to need to run a household with their baby. Um, So back in 2001, so that's 17 years ago, um, the House of Grace purchased a building, a house, in Newlands. And it was a converted boarding house. It's um, got a massive area upstairs where all the bedrooms are, where the mums are with their babies. And then it's got a separate house um, sort of down the bottom where... um, It's part of the house, but, you know, it's got separate bedrooms and lounge where the um, kind of host family live to look after the girls. So it's an amazing house. Um, And at the moment, the House of Grace are raising funds for a project called the Warm Home Project. So the house, um, in all its glory, it's amazing. It's a great house, but it does have a few issues, unfortunately. So it does get very cold and drafty, and it does have leaks and um, other issues that's just not really ideal for the newborn babies to be living in. And in the winter, they have like these giant power bills because they're just trying to keep the house warm. Sorry, I'm just going to give the baby to Nat. Yeah, so it's got multiple extensions. It's a concrete block house. It's got lots of issues. So at the moment, they're raising money to... um, fix this house and to for once and for all not just kind of patch up the little bits but to do a complete overhaul of the house to make it warm and dry and safe for these little babies. So they're um, getting a new roof, they're doing insulation, double glazing and modifications to their heating system and so all up that's about $100,000 which is a lot of money and at the moment they've raised about 38% towards that so they've got a little way to go still before I think March next year is when the project is starting and they're a charity that gets no government funding so they completely rely on the generosity of others to um, support not just this project but everything that they do It's just completely by people's generosity so I just really want to encourage you to um, to pray about this cause it's one that's really close to my heart I spent a bit of time um, working there with the young girls before I had my own kids. And just to tell a quick story, one of my um, favourites, there was a young girl who... Um, her and I kind of came in at the same time, so I started re- working there, and she came in pregnant. And sh- it was actually her second baby, so her first baby was taken out of her care. So she she really wanted to be a good mum to her second baby. But this girl was really damaged. She would come from a... A really tricky background and she had a lot of issues and when you when i first met her like she refused to look me in the eye she kind of would kind of walk with her head down she'd grunt answers she was very um, not a very warm person and i think she just had a lot of defenses up but over time as i got to know um, this young lady you could just see the bits of the exterior kind of falling off as she was loved by the people at the house of grace and um, I don't think I mentioned this, but it's a Christian home, so they take the girls to church every Sunday, and um, a lot of the girls actually come to know Jesus during their time there, which is amazing. So this particular girl, over time, she she really she warmed up, she changed, she really, um, she had a complete transformation, and I bumped into her on the street the other day, and she was walking with um, a new baby that she'd had since, and her daughter, which she was able to keep. And she was a completely different person. She she was, she was, had all this confidence that just exuded out of her, and she's still going along to church. She's living on her own in her house with her um, two children, who she's able to parent by herself. So she's done a complete change around, but it was a lot of hard work, you know? God really intervened in this girl's life because she'd come from a really rough place. So... Um, yeah, I just want to encourage you that the House of Grace does make a real difference and, um, yeah, dig deep and let's really support them to get this house nice and warm and safe.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Minnie. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's <clears throat> so good to be able to support something where it's a positive option, a positive answer. You know, when people talk about uh, abortion all the time, well, and we don't want to just speak against something, we also want to be back in another option which is this. It's a positive option. And so as a church, just to give you a heads up, we will be wanting to support this, I, I believe, uh, in the longer term as well. It's a great cause. So that's uh, the three causes, really, of uh, uh, what our gift day is about uh, coming up in a few weeks' time, starting next Sunday. Uh, but I was thinking and really praying the other day about how I could, how I could speak into this gift day. And... Um, and to be honest, I was taken by surprise. I found myself, instead of talking about gift day, I found myself mulling over what it means to be born again. Uh, and I came across a quote. Now, I don't know whether this is going to work, Hannah, you have to be up on the ball this morning, all right? So you're going to bring up a quote. This is a, a wonderful quotation. It's, it's about this. It's when we give our lives to Jesus, God tells us we are alive in a way we have never been alive before. Possessing a birthright we never possessed before. In that moment when we received Christ, God's miraculous birthing act gave us a value, a beauty, a preciousness that lifts us above all earthly measurements. That's the new birth. Hallelujah. When you give your life over to Jesus... When you place your trust in Him as your Lord and as your Savior, something so fundamental changes within you. You are alive in a way you have never been alive before. It's not just that you become a a slightly improved person, a better person. You know, I I read my Bible and go to church and don't swear so much anymore. It's far deeper than that. You become a new person, so new that the Bible is forced to use terminology like new birth. It's that you are Born again, and this morning, even as we think about our gift days, I just want to put it out there that what we become in this new birth is far greater than many of us understand, far greater than, than we ever thought or imagined we could be. I mean, it's an amazing thing, isn't it, that right from a very early age, we all want to be something, don't we? Something other, something more. Than we are. I know for me, my earliest memories are wrapped around that as a probably a three to five year old. There was a person that I wanted to be like. I wanted to be more. And uh, I wanted to be like this person so bad I dreamt about it. I I thought about it constantly. And I I, I wanted to be not like my dad, but I wanted to be like this person here. (laughs) Yes, I wanted to be Scott Tracy on Thunderbirds. And uh, I was obsessed by Scott Tracy because he's got a cool hat, a great uniform, he flies a rocket, and he saves people. And so any kid would want to be Scott Tracy. And that was me. I wanted to be that so bad, uh, and I had a desire for this for many years, in fact, far beyond the age where it was appropriate. Um, and in fact, I still want to be Scott Tracy. Uh, i just put it out there. Uh, I just love that hat. I still love the hat. I, I love the eyebrows. I love everything about this guy. But it, it happens from an early age. I see it in my grandson, Izzy. I mean, it's not the Thunderbirds; it's it's uh, Paw Patrol now. It's Paw Patrol. Those of you who know Paw Patrol will know exactly what I'm talking about. No problem, too big. No pup, too small. For the rescue team, Paw Patrol. And uh, Izzy used to have it on his pajamas. He used to play with it on the floor. It was to be Paw Patrol, one of those dogs. On that, we all want it, don't we? We all want to be more than we are. And uh, from a very early age, even as we grow up, it carries on with us as well. Even when you, you know, this yearning to be beyond. Uh, again, it drives things like our fashion industry even, those, that sense of, if I could just buy that, I would be more. You know, if I, could, if I could have that dress or that outfit, if I could have that phone or if I could drive that car, I would be like that, I would be more. If I could have that house, that lifestyle, if I could wear that deodorant, then I'll get that. Woohoo! I will be more than I am. It's powerful. Actually, I think it's behind the superhero franchise as well that we, that we have these days. I mean, man, there have been so many superheroes. There's, uh, obviously, there's uh, Iron Man and Superman, uh, Wonder Woman and Batman, Spider-Man, Supergirl, Aquaman, Black Panther, and so on and so on. You know, since the 1980s, there have been over 80 superhero films, blockbusters every one. It's a billion-dollar industry. Why? What's behind it? Well, it's this yearning to be more than we are, to somehow have what they have in terms of power or meaning or purpose. There's something in us that yearns to be more than we are. And uh, you see, this is where the Bible puts something staggering our way because, because it says this. It says, When I put my trust in Jesus, when I receive cleansing from my sin and I'm reconciled to God, I fundamentally change into someone, something far more breathtaking than any image on earth. According to the Bible, I obtain a new identity. Actually, scripturally, there are a number of huge identity statements made about me that I am told are mine now. In fact, I want to put some of them on the screen in the form of I am statements. And if you're a Christian, you can join me as I read them out because they're yours to claim as well. So here we go. You can read out with me. I am the light of the world. That's true. It says it in the Bible. Sorry, carry on. I am a channel of Christ's life. I am a friend of Christ. I am a temple of God. I am united to God and one spirit with him. I am a minister of reconciliation. I am a holy partaker of a heavenly calling. I am a member of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I am a new creation. And the next one. I am in Christ. I am a child of God. I am an heir of God. I am a saint or a holy one. I am God's workmanship. I am righteous and holy. I am a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. Amen. That is what you are. I am not the great I am, but as Neil Anderson says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and I am a son of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. That is what you are. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And the thing is, that has implications. Changes my sense of purpose. It has to. Look, if I woke up, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you had the powers of Spider-Man, you would live differently. All right. It has Implications look how much more so that I am now a child of God. Suddenly, everything opens up in a whole new way. Knowing these things, knowing this, all right, my aim in life now isn't just to have 2.4 children, two cars in the driveway, and a good pension. All right, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's not just to get to the, the big corner office down the hallway. Or to have, you know, annual holiday on the Gold Coast. Or or to have that dream house with the spa pool. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. Much bigger. Suddenly, I have eternal purpose. I have destiny. I have calling. And actually, the Bible tells me that my calling is this. It's It's to bear His image upon the earth. It's to... Be like him so that when people see me and the way I live and the way I love and the way I express his power and mercy, they see something of God. That's what it's all about. Now, I'm not called uh, called to imitate some superhero, I'm actually called to imitate then someone higher than that. I'm called to, you and I are called to imitate God. Now, Now, don't say that at the office party at the end of the year, they'll think you're nuts. But it's true. It is true. So Paul says in Ephesians 4.24, he says this, he says, Put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There's something in you created to be like him now. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 5, he says, Be imitators of God as beloved children. Imitate him. And so we're commanded to be like Him in all kinds of ways in Scripture. I mean, in holiness, for instance, it says this in 1 Peter 1, Be holy because I am holy. Imitate my holiness. Even in power. Ephesians 6.10, Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Really, that means imitate. Allow His power to work through us. In love, Ephesians 5, Walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us. Imitate His love, and so on and so on. So, so we are called to, we're called to imitate, we're called to incarnate God upon the earth. What a calling to be His image bearers. What an amazing calling. And with the gift day in mind, I just want to put it out to you this morning that we are also called to be like Him in Generosity and abundance. Because I read this so often in Scripture, God by nature is outrageously generous. He just is. He overflows with it. If you think about it, our whole, the world around us is an, an expression of his generosity and abundance. Just the detail and the color, the abundance of it. I want to I show you this. Put up the next screen. I want to show you a species of orchid. For you gardeners and green fingers out there, this is an orchid. I didn't know that either until I looked it up. It's an orchid. But Nicky Gumbel points out that there are 25,000 varieties of orchid. 25,000. Can I just say, we didn't need so many to survive as humanity. We didn't. But God enabled it anyway. That's abundance. And then we're told that the orchid is just one species of 270,000 species of flowers. 270,000. I thousand. I'm of all the ones that I can name. Uh, rose, uh, orchid, uh, <laughs> tulip, and I'm beginning to fade. Dandelion, and, and I start to fade, really. I'm sorry, I do. But no one here can name me 270,000, all right? So don't point the finger, all right? This is, it's, it's massive, it's huge. He, he, he did it anyway. That's, that's abundance. That's abundance. Amazing. You know, we're still discovering new species of living things all the time. You know how many species were discovered in 2017, one year? You think, uh, well, was it 100? Uh, was it uh, 150? Was it, was it 200? Well, according to the International Institute for Species Exploration, there were 18,000 discovered in one year. 18,000. And for the whole of human history up till 2017, we didn't even know they were there. But God made them anyway. God made them anyway. He's abundant. In fact, one of them is this next guy here. He's called the snailfish. You thought you wouldn't learn anything at church this morning? (laughs) I want to introduce you to the snailfish. He was discovered in 2017. And the reason we haven't seen it before is that it lives 26,000 feet below the surface of the sea. And if it tried to come up to the surface, well it wouldn't get there. It would apparently it would fall apart. It would just lose its shape because of the heat. 27 So for all of human history this little fella has been happily swimming around and we've not even known it was there. So why did God create it? Why does God create snail fishes that no one will ever see and no one needs? It's because he's like that. It's because he's abundant. It's because he's generous. It's his nature. Look, our star is one of 100,000 million stars in our galaxy alone. And then we're told our galaxy is one of 100,000 million galaxies in the universe. And there are planets floating around those stars that we will never see. Why? Well, because God is powerful and because he's abundant and generous. It's just who he is. And of course, supremely, above and beyond all this, he is generous in the gift of his son. Acts 8.32 He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? He who did not spare his own son just... Just think about it. In order to save us from a lost eternity and to bring us into his intimate family, he holds nothing back, not even his son. This son who he had been with and treasured from all eternity and holiness and splendor, he he gives him up for us all. This morning I stumbled across, in my quiet time, my devotions, I just stumbled across an old hymn. And I just found myself beginning to sing it. It it, it goes like this. It goes, how deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he will give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. And as I sang that, I confess I bawled my eyes out as I was suddenly overwhelmed again by the generosity of our God. This is our God. This is our God. So different from the sinful world around us, which is so grasping and greedy and competitive. Our world is built on the need to take more, possess more and hoard more. The bigger car, the better house, the sharper clothes. Actually, some have talked about it in terms of enslavement. Our world is enslaved to money and possessions. And I think that's accurate. I think slavery is a good image. Jesus says at one point in Matthew 6, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. I left mammon untranslated up there because it referred to as a New Testament word. It was a pronoun and referred to a pagan idol. In other words, there's a spiritual dimension to this slavery. It's it's not that money is evil. It's not. It's neither good nor bad. It's the love of money. It's our dependence on it. It's our worship of it. It's our enslavement to it. That's the evil and, and that's idolatry. And the world is in the grip of it. It's a spiritual stronghold. It's very powerful and it's very destruct- destructive. How we use our money, how it uses us, how it enslaves us. But we are born again. We are sons and daughters of God. And our calling now is not to imitate the world and live as a slave, but is to imitate God in, in holiness, in love, in generosity. And so where the world grasps, I want to give. And where the world hoards, I want to freely release. Where the, where the world out of fear stacks insurances upon insurances, I want to trust. Where the world gives just a token, just enough for respectability, I want to lavish. Because that's like my God. In other words, I want to do the opposite of what this idol expects me to do. You know, I used to know a guy, uh, he was an elder in a church I was in many years ago. And in fact, he was quite high up in the Bank of England, funnily enough. But he was a very generous, generous man. And, And he used to say this, he said, look... If you really want to be free of the spiritual power of this particular idol, mammon, then, then just do the opposite of what expects of you. Do the opposite. And just by, by doing the opposite, you, you break its power and you become free. That's what he said. It's very powerful. So look, if you know you're, you're struggling in this area, you're finding it quite hard to be generous. Maybe, maybe it's fear that holds you back, the, the fear that deep down if you give, you'll, be, you'll always be struggling, you'll be on your own, you'll be vulnerable. You'll be at the mercy of others. You'll never be independent. You'll struggle. Look, look if that's you, maybe you need to take some opposite steps, steps of trust. Father, I'm trusting you, you're my provider, you are a good father, you will always care for me, and so I'm going to start giving as an expression of that trust. And so these steps of faith become steps to freedom. I've certainly found that true in my life over the years. And usually whenever I feel that check, you know, that, that fear check of, careful Pete, you don't have enough Careful, Pete, the bills are coming in. Careful, Pete, maybe you shouldn't give so much or be so generous. Usually it's at that point that I give more. I make a decision in my heart, and it's so often, God, I want to give more then. And uh, I, I'm making this an act of worship and an act of faith, an act of trust. Hallelujah. I've done this many times, and I've found it freeing. Well, these gift days are an opportunity for that. And maybe for others it's different. I mean, for some it may be that deep down you're aware, look, I would love to give. I would love to be more generous than I am. But I love my stuff. I love it. I I, I love it. I love the lifestyle. I love the the upgrade. You know, there's so many upgrades out there these days. And every upgrade costs you an arm and a leg. Ah, but I love the upgrade. It's all about the upgrades. Husbands love the upgrades. Wives are nudging. Upgrade. You like the phone upgrade. (laughs) We love the upgrade. Sometimes I just I love. I want to give, but I just love where I'm at. Thank you. I want more. Actually, look. If that's you, then maybe can I suggest maybe you need to be free. And I'd encourage you to see these gift days as an opportunity to break free. I challenge you to go against that current of thinking, to do the opposite and give and and, and celebrate as you do. Why? Well, because you're born again. <laughs> and you're called to imitate not the world, but our God, who's generous, abundant, and overflowing. You and I are called to be counter-cultural. We are called to be a, a sign, a wonder. We're called to be embodiers of grace and expressions of the love of God. We're called to set other people free from a dependence on stuff that will fade away and burn. When you came into the world, you brought nothing with you. When you leave, you'll take nothing along either. But we are called to glorify our King who died that we might live with Him forever. Hallelujah. Just stand, shall we? Can we just stand? Just the way time has gone. Hallelujah. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Hallelujah. This issue of money in particular is so strong. Which is why whenever we talk about it, I'm aware that, that alarm bells have been triggered off all around the room and hurt and you don't know where we've come from and we've been fleeced and this has happened. And you know, I understand all that. But this isn't about that. It's about imitating God. It's just about expressing his love and his mercy and his abundance. And it's to celebrate his goodness. And that's why we don't talk about legalism. It's not about that or pumped up or hype. It's about grace that Nari brought to us at the very outset. It's about leaning back into him, but knowing that actually he's challenging us and stretching us. I want to be stretched constantly with how I deal with what God has provided me with, my possessions. But I'm aware that fear is often attached to these things. So just as we close, can I just ask you to forget about the person next to you just for a moment, just for a second, We are a church that loves to stress freedom. Freedom from physical sickness and and freedom from emotional sickness. Freedom psychologically and freedom spiritually. Money is a spiritual issue. God wants to set us free. Free from the fear that sometimes surrounds that. So I just wanted to leave a moment where we could minister to that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your generosity. We thank you so much that you did not spare your own son but graciously gave him up for us all. Father, we thank you that by your very nature you are generous. Father, we thank you that you've come to us and you take us out of the old way of doing and believing. You take us out of a life of futility and emptiness. Father, you take us out of that and you bring us into your family, you bring us into purpose and destiny and meaning. Oh, thank you, Father, for that. In a world that's rushing headlong to buy the next thing, and then to go over the cliff and fall at the wreck at the bottom of it. Father, you've rescued us from that. And so, Father, I pray that over these days, we will celebrate your goodness. We ask that you bless each of these causes. We pray that you multiply what we give, that it might do good and change the lives of women and men around us. Father, we pray too that you would set us free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to close in a second with a song. But, but I know this is such a big deal for some. And it's influenced us all to some degree. If you know that you're struggling with fear, I don't know if I can make it to the end of the week. I'm just trying to put the kids through school. I'm struggling with fear. I wake up in the night. My job is under threat. Look, if that's you, God wants to bless you. We've all faced challenges of that kind. We all have. If you're facing it right now, then God would bless you. God would draw near to you. God would set you free from fear. You are a child of God. You're called to celebrate that. So if that's you, you know you're struggling. and I won't ask you to come forward, but right where you stand right now, we're going to just pause for a moment and allow the Spirit to come. He's already moving in your life. Open your heart up again. For those of us here who are saying, I want to be more generous than I've ever been, then just where you stand, just put your hands out and say, Father, stretch me in this. I want to celebrate your goodness without any inhibition. I want to celebrate my trust in you and worship you with my faith. that's you, just allow the Spirit to rest on you. Hallelujah. Come, Holy Spirit. Amazing, all around the room, I just see God's moving. Just such a big issue. Such a big issue. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. You cannot outgive him or his love. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we pray then, stretch us, Lord. We want to be great imitators of your grace and your generosity. Wherever we are in our families, in our workplaces, on the streets or supporting causes around the world, oh, we want to be free from anything that would hold us back. We want to bless your work, your ways around the world. Father, we are yours. You are our Lord and our Saviour. We give all that you've given to us back to you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Finally, if there's anyone here. And you've never made that step of receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can do that this morning. Right now, you can. I love to introduce you to Jesus, the one who laid his life down for you, the one who died to set you free, that you might live freely for him. Hallelujah. If that's you, I'd love to.